Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be continuing with our 10 lessons and we're already to lesson number seven. And so that means that we have been marching through this here for a week already, which is just incredible to look at and to see and to uh, really look into these. I hope these 10 lessons have been something that have been uh, encouraging to you. Perhaps there's uh, some of these lessons that you need to apply to your life. I've been getting quite a bit of good feedback uh, from people just telling me in real life um, about the things that they're they're learning, which has been which has been good. It's encouraging for me um, that I'm not the only one who needed to learn these lessons, and of course, continue often to learn these lessons. Um, but I hope that these uh, last ones will be just as impactful as the first ones were. So uh, we are going to be getting into number seven today, which is believe people when they tell you who they are. Believe people when they tell you who they are. And, and this is an, a, a little bit of a different kind of a lesson than the ones we've been going over, you know, like uh, No Junk for Jesus, I, I, I think was the one that we looked at yesterday. Um, and of course, there's uh, a lot of other ones um, that that we really see. Like the first one was that idea of the best way for no God's will uh, tomorrow is to be in His will today, and uh, the importance of really being inside of God's will. But this one is a little bit different because it's it's how we're going and looking at others and how we're reacting to those around us, and so. It, it's just going to be a little bit different, but it's still a good lesson, a good lesson to learn, and something that the Bible speaks quite a bit about. But before we get into that, we're going to pick back up in some scripture reading, and actually going to be starting a new book today in our scripture reading. We're going to be starting the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. And so we're going to start in chapter one of Ecclesiastes, and it says this, "'The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem.'" Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labors in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north, and the wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full to the place from which the rivers come. There they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be, and that which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun." Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. The preacher was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man, by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed, all is vanity and grasping of wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight. And what is lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness, 
and have gained more wisdom than all those who are before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understanding, has understood great wisdom and knowledge, and I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is grasping of the wind, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. You know, the, the thing that always sticks out to me about this passage of Scripture is that perhaps it's the most well-known passage in Ecclesiastes, and that is that there is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. And when it came to these 10 lessons, I do have to remind myself of that, that there's nothing new under the sun. These are 10 lessons that other people have learned and that people after me will learn. And of course, it's lessons that that, that I learned, but... I think they are important lessons, and perhaps this is where you'll get a chance to learn them. But today's lesson is believe people when they tell you who they are. Now, this is an interesting thing because being a pastor, you deal with people all the time, and you deal with people in all the different relational positions. And and what I mean by that is uh, sometimes in business, you might have to deal with a, a variety of different people, but it's for a short amount of time, um, or it's until the business negotiation is done, or it's until um, the relationship is done, the business relationship is done. So, uh, you, you know, I do some stuff with with real estate, and with that, I, I do uh, property management, work with property management, and we we rent to people. And so you have to deal with people uh, quite a bit on a daily basis, and you go in, and of course, uh, we do background checks. So some of the people, um, you have hard conversations with them, but it's kind of like one or two hard conversations, and you tell them, no, we're not going to rent to you because you lied on your application. Now, once in a while, they come back and they say, hey, can I can I reapply or something like that? So you might have to you know, deal with that person again. But uh, sometimes it's you have to deal with them with a hard conversation uh, going through um, something that pops up on their background and, and talk to them about that uh, before you rent to them. And then after you rent to them, you might have to continue to, to go and to deal with this person. But eventually the relationship does end or it's in a smaller sphere of things uh, that you deal with. But as a pastor, the interesting thing is, is that you, though a lot of times there, there are times when relationship ends, there's, there is no doubt about that. Uh, but as a pastor, you really do um, deal with people on a on a large scale of all kinds of stuff. I mean, whether it's helping people move, whether it's walking through their uh, their their funeral uh, or their loved one's funeral, um, sitting next to them while their loved one's in surgery, being there with them while they come out of surgery, uh, whether it's uh, I, I mean, walking through them in their biggest joys of, of you know, marriage and uh, childbirth or, or something like that. Uh, you, you, you see all of these things and, and struggles and rejoicing in uh, life changes in 
um, just normal counseling that that you kind of have to have to do that that just people progress through life or whatever it might be in the midst of great struggles, in the midst of victories, in the midst of sin, in all of these things, you deal with with people on a daily basis and in all kinds of different ways. I mean, I've in one day, you know, prepared a sermon, helped somebody apply for a job. Uh, given a recommendation um, and sat with somebody in the hospital, you know, all in the same day. <laughs> you, you, you look at that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a wide variety of things that you look at that. And so you're dealing with people in all of these aspects. And generally, you're dealing with them for, for longer periods of time. Sometimes it's shorter periods of time. You, you know, sometimes they get upset at your preaching sooner than other times. You, you never know. But in doing that, one of the lessons that I've had to learn is that you need to believe people when they tell you who they are. See, I'm naturally a very optimistic person. I can I can see the potential that somebody has. And instead of just merely encouraging them to fulfill their potential, I have a lot of times almost want to base them on what they could be as opposed to who they are. And, and so we need to believe people when they tell you who they are. And while optimism is a wonderful thing, the right way to approach people is understanding who they are and encourage them to fulfill their potential, but don't base your expectation in the sense of not what they can do, but what they are going to do on their potential while ignoring who they currently are. See, it's really easy, if you're, especially if you're an optimistic person. If you're a pessimistic person, this might not be easy for you. But it's, it's really easy if you're an optimistic person to look out, see the potential in somebody's life, and then build an expectation based on what they could do as opposed to what they're currently doing, where they're currently at in their life, and how they're living their life. And when you do that, it ends up, uh, in, in my case, it ended up uh, having to do a lot more work because you'd go and you'd put them in a position and then because being optimistic and um, not believing them for who they are telling me that they are, they wouldn't get the job done. They wouldn't go and fulfill what they were supposed to go and do because they either weren't ready or that's just simply not where they were at in life. But I want to read a couple of scriptures uh, from Matthew that I think really go and show a couple of key aspects to understanding this principle. The first one's Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. And it says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do not men gather grapes from, or excuse me, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit and every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And see, this is an important principle. Look at the fruit of somebody's life. Look at their actions. Look at what they're doing. And don't just necessarily look at or listen to what they're saying, because a lot of times with what they're saying or what they could do or, or the skills and gifts and abilities that they have, you might go and look at those things and have a certain expectation. But look at their actions. 
look at their life, look at their character. And if you do that, you're going to have a pretty good idea as to how they're going to act. I remember, I mean, this is a lesson that I could go and give thousands of illustrations for. But I remember uh, talking to a guy and he got a phone call one time. And while I'm on the phone, or I was on the phone with this guy, I was standing next to him. But while he was on the phone, he just goes and tells the person, oh, yeah, I can't make it. I'm I, I'm at home sick with this terrible, terrible sinus infection and da, 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 da. It just goes on about how sick he was. Well, we were standing outside. I think we, we were, uh, I don't even remember what all we were doing. But like he called me and asked me to go over there. He clearly lied to the person that he was on the phone with. And now this person is somebody who has, you know, tremendous potential, uh, incredible potential to do incredible things. And as I'm, I, I'm talking uh, with him later, uh, he he starts, you know, really presenting some kind of an idea to me. I don't remember what it was. I think it had to do with kind of political activism. And I said, sure, let's let's, uh, yeah, I'd be glad to kind of help you out and help you get that off the ground or whatnot. And so I start working with him a little bit with that. Well, what ends up happening is, is that he was nowhere near where he said he was to me when he presented the idea um, with all of these great ideas. He wasn't near as far along as what he initially said, and the work never got off the ground. It never did anything. Well, I wasted, you know, a couple uh, days of time thinking through how I could help this guy, uh, spent probably four or five hours meeting with him and talking with him on the phone and all of this. And it just wasted all kinds of time. But if I would have just looked at him and looked at the fruit of his life, when he was telling me who he was, I'm a liar who's kind of lazy and doesn't want to get things done. Well, guess what? I would have saved myself a lot of time. Now, that doesn't mean you you don't give him any of the time of day, but it's one of those things where I should have just gone and said, you know, hey, I, I know you got this idea, but, you know, last time I was around you, you lied to a guy on the phone. How in the world do I know that you're telling the truth? Why should I trust you? That's what I should have done in that situation. Another passage of scripture is Matthew 26, 23 through 25, and it says this, he answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. And the Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man had he not been born. And Judas, who is betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said unto him, You have said it. I love this passage of Scripture. It's one of those moments where Jesus just sticks it to him, right? I mean, can you imagine? They're, they're in the upper room. They're getting ready to, to you know, have communion be instituted. They're having the Last Supper, celebrating Passover. Jesus starts talking about this, that, that he's going to be de- betrayed. And the person who betrays him is in the room. And, you know, everybody's going around saying, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? And Judas, because he doesn't want to give himself away, he goes, well, is it me? And Jesus looks at him right in the eyes and he says, you said it. Well, if the shoe fits, Judas... Well, if the shoe fits, that's what Jesus said to him. I mean, isn't that incredible to look at? But you know, so many times people will tell you exactly who they are. Sometimes they'll actually say it with their mouth. I've, I've seen some people 
you know, tell people I'm a liar or I'm a this or I'm a that. And then you kind of like laugh it off a little bit. And then you go to find out they actually are like that. They actually are. They actually told you what they're like. But most of the time, people will tell you this through their actions. They tell you this through their actions. You know, one of the things I've, I found was that the people who, quite frankly, were not faithful to church services were not going to be faithful when the heat got turned up. When difficult situations came in and you needed somebody to just have your back, to be next to you, because, hey, it's a difficult situation. You know what I found? The people who didn't show up for Sunday evening services, who didn't show up when it was just the normal times, they weren't going to be there in the heat of the battle. They weren't going to be there. The people who are unfaithful in the mundane, no matter how much potential they had, no matter how much big talk they had, they'd already showed you where they were going to be, and that was they were going to run from something that was difficult. They were going to run away from it. If it was going to be difficult in their life, they were going to run away from it. There's a million and 75 things that we could point out, maybe even a million 76. I mean, there's quite a few of just little things to go and to look at and to see in the lives of people. But the point that I want to make, the point that I want to drive home to you is that you'll know a tree by their fruit and it's okay. It's not right if somebody goes and they say something wrong or if they say that they're doing something wrong, you know, whether with their mouth or with their actions. But it's okay that if they tell you that they're an evil person, that they're seeking to do your harm, that they're not going to do good, that they're not going to be uh, somebody who you can count on. It's okay if you take them at their word or at their action, at their fruit. It's okay if you do that. You know, sometimes as Christians, we we get caught up in in the positive things, which of course we should have these positive things. We should we should love others. We should be gracious to others. We should uh, we we should go and and help others. You know, we should love our enemies. But it's okay when Judas goes and tells you, "Hey, is it I?" For you to look at him and say, well, you've said it. And to not set yourself up to go and be taken advantage of or to get put in a bad position. It's okay. It's okay. Listen to what people are telling you about themselves. And when they tell you who they are, believe them believe them. But most of the telling that they're going to have is going to be in the fruit of their life. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And
while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end. Trusting in faith.